I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Lakers win, but they don't cover. Did this game raise more questions than it answered? We'll get into it. Lakers advance to face the Suns. Lakers opened in the series price as a big favorite. The betters have been betting big on the Suns. Yes, eighth seed on the line tonight in the NBA. Pacers at Washington. Washington now favored by three and a half points. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Big game last night. Lived up, I think, to expectations. But what does it all mean? We got a lot of interesting topics. You know, one of the nice things about being 6 Eastern is we get to respond to what happened yesterday. And we also get to respond to the response to what happened. And uh, specifically, Colin had some, I think, interesting comments. Some of them I agreed with 100%. One or two I didn't. And as we say, no sacred cow herds or any sacred cows on the show, sports betters, Listen for the money. Sports fans didn't know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have our final playoff spot in the NBA up for grabs, we also have the return of a Heisman Trophy winner officially to the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? We're going to start with the Lakers. And I'm going to start after you do your professional recap with, I think, the biggest question that must be answered to know what yesterday meant. Yeah, it was a classic last night at Staples Center. The Lakers and the Warriors battling for the number seven seed in the Western Conference. And on a three-pointer, a 30-plus three-pointer to end the shot clock, LeBron James puts the Lakers ahead. 103-100 the final. L.A. moves on to take on the Suns. Yeah, so... Here's the question, and Mackenzie, perk up here. I'm going to want your opinion on this one. I wonder when we tell Mackenzie to perk up, should we maybe play his theme song? Would that be like the way, you know, when you got a theme like that, like in wrestling, when you hear a theme, you kind of know it's like, uh-oh, here comes, you know, The Undertaker. <laughs> what do you think, Mackenzie? Would that help? I love Nirvana. I love Paul Anka. I love that theme song. I think there's three possibilities how you can take yesterday's game and what you would take away from it. Number one, the Lakers played poorly early and still won, so it's going to be tough to beat them. Hey, if you don't beat them, if they can't be beat by maybe the best player in the NBA, Curry, as some would say, when they play that poorly, you don't have any chance. Forget about it. It's over. Okay, title's done. Decided. That's a. B is the Lakers played poorly early. That's the consistent part of this. And that tells us 
they are more likely to play poorly for the rest of the playoffs. That what we're seeing, that the fact that they barely squeaked by a team that has one player that plays well at all, Curry. I mean, really, other than that, no one is top 50 in the league. I mean, I don't think Draymond is at this point. So if you have a team with one player and you struggle to beat them, it takes a heave late, as the announcer said, a heave from three, Huh? that doesn't bode well. So scenario A is it looks great. You saw the bad stuff. Scenario B, uh-oh, this is a harbinger of more trouble to come, more struggles. And then there's C. Lakers played bad, but this tells us that they're rusty, maybe not fully healthy. And what we saw them winning was that fortitude, that veteran experience that will continue, but physically they're going to get healthier and they're going to get more cohesive. They're going to be comfortable together. Because remember now, uh, it's been quite a while since AD and LeBron played with any of these guys. And then many, like Schroeder, first-year guys, and with Drummond, hardly any time at all. So thus you would expect an upward trend. Yes, it's cause for concern, but the trend line should be good. I think those are the three ways to look at it. Where do you fall, Jonas? Uh, I would be concerned if I were a Laker fan. That did not look like a team that has either the energy or the health to make a deep run. And they were a couple of breaks, a couple of foul calls go here or there. And and we're talking a whole different tune. And they're fighting for their lives against Memphis coming up on Friday and not the Golden State Warriors. And credit to them for winning. But I, I just... I don't, I don't see the same team that a lot of people in the media and a lot of fans have seen uh, with this Lakers squad. You said energy. So do you, who, which players on the Lakers, or was it just a team malaise, do you feel like had a lack of energy? It's, it's the fatigue. It, LeBron's not 100%, and I don't think Anthony Davis is close to 100%. And if your two best players aren't close to 100%, and, and that we're just now starting the playoffs, I just don't know how they improve and get healthier as the playoffs go on. Because remember now, as much as we can discount – Seedings, and I think the seedings have become less important in the recent years. And this year, without 100% capacity in the venues, they'll be less important than typical seasons. Last year was an extreme. Obviously, in the bubble, it, there were no actual home teams. But an advantage of a higher seed is it's easier to finish off a series earlier, whereas uh, winning in five becomes a lot easier. Now you save yourself an extra game. Obviously, you're playing easier competition in the first round. Thus, the four series isn't as challenging. Let's not forget, this is a situation where this game was an extra game. A game we don't even know what it is because the NBA is having trouble deciding. As we were joking yesterday, it's not the playoffs, but it's not the regular season. I think it's chicken. I mean, we don't you know, <laughs> we don't know fish, fowl. I don't know, and that's going to be a fun little conversation we'll have because we did have a fifty point game. We did have a triple double for LeBron. Where does that go in his historical stats? Interesting question, but more importantly, this effort was extra. This was a bo- this was a plan. And for the Lakers to win, they got to win four games, four games, four games, and four games. And it's tougher if you're not going to have home court in any of them 
which is most likely they won't. And we haven't seen a team seeded like this ever win it. This would be a first-timer, a team like that, the Lakers, winning it. We're straight out of Vegas. Now, do you feel like – I know some people confuse this, Jones. You're not a doctor. You're not an MD. But either am I. Do you believe the Lakers' injuries – and let's look at LeBron specifically. And we talked about the high ankle sprain recently – it feels like something that doesn't get better without rest. Yeah. He had a lot of rest. It, it It's gotten better to whatever degree. But every time he has a little twist on it, a little comes down funny, it could be even a setback. It doesn't feel like this injury gets better before the end of the playoffs for LeBron. Yeah, that's and that's been my th- thought on it as well, too, because he tried to come back and then, you know, he missed time right afterwards. And the thought was, oh, OK, well, you know, we're just going to rest him and pick and choose our spots. No, he missed he missed a couple of games. It wasn't like oh, he yeah, just missed. Yeah. And, and then there was, you know, he tweaked it again and there were some conversations about that. I just I look at it and I go, it's a much bigger deal than a lot of people are making it out to be. And and. To your point on the play-in game, you know it's it's like having a membership somewhere. Like like yeah, it's great to have the membership. You're gonna pay your monthly fees. You also had to pay an entry fee to even qualify for it. And last night was their entry fee. They've still got to pay monthly fees, and they're gonna have to deal with the Suns, who are a really good team that are gonna be fully rested. They're gonna go on the road unless there's an upset of a higher seed. Um, you know, for majority of the playoffs, and we've talked about it. When's the last time we've seen one of these lower seeds make really a deep run I think what was it the Rockets uh, back in the mid 90s I think was was the last team we were we were thinking about last well, year when this happened t- to make a run the Knicks were an eighth seed in 99 okay. yeah that's true but but yeah. they didn't win it and remember yeah. that was a strike shortened season so we can always say hey that we they maybe weren't really an eighth seed right because in shorter game uh, and you could make the case the Lakers aren't really a seven because of all the injuries. So, but still, and you said, oh, most likely no home court. It would take a crazy yes. turn of events yeah. for the Golden State, likely the eight, well, who knows, <laughs> we'll see, likely the eighth seed to then have to win all the way to the final or, right. or conference finals for it to be seven versus eight, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so I just, I look at it and I, I just, I've been surprised at, at the, the amount of optimism from people in, oh, well, you know, as long as those guys are healthy, you know, they'll win the Western Conference. Well, they're not. They're, they're not healthy. You can just see that and say that they're not healthy. And this idea that a long playoff run is going to make these guys healthier, like their bodies are out of shape and they're going to get into shape. No, these are injuries, and those injuries cause problems. That is different. And some injuries need rest more than others, and, and an ankle is one of those. Every time yeah. you're banging on it, the Rockets in 95 were defending champions and were the sixth seed yeah. and ended up winning. But consider that team. If I recall, all the pieces came back. I think one of the sneaky problems with the Lakers is even if somehow they get healthy, which I don't think they will with LeBron specifically, they still haven't played that much together. This is a new team in a way, right? So without Rondo... You know, with Schroeder, I mean, to me, that's and with Drummond supposedly going to play a key role. We'll see if AD's playing the five. I don't know how much Drummond's playing, but that was one of the things that gave the Lakers hope. So let's take a look at what the betting market believes. Because on one hand, we're going to say, "Huh, Lakers are second favorite. That's good." On the other hand, let's look at the Lakers where they were at their high point versus now. 
So let's go with uh, McKenzie. Top five or so favorites. The Brooklyn Nets are still the favorite at plus 240. And then I was surprised by this. The Lakers, still second favorite, still plus 425. No change in our consensus. All right, so plus. So 100 wins you 425. What were the Lakers at their high point of the season? Mid-February, plus 240. Okay, so you're almost getting double the payoff on the Lakers today as you would have just a couple of months ago. That's a big downgrade, even though, in theory, they're in the playoffs and everyone's playing. Now, why is has this been downgraded, the Lakers? One, I think they're a weakened team right now. Thus, they're not as good. And number two, the odds of another injury increase when everyone's banged up. I think that's the two main reasons. And then you don't got to give me the numbers, but rattle off the next couple faves. Third favorite Clippers, then Jazz, then Sixers, then Bucks. The Bucks. You know, the more I think about this Milwaukee team, we'll get into a full preview tomorrow <laughs> of the main playoffs. But Milwaukee, if they if you just looked at their last three regular seasons, even though this regular season wasn't near as good, the last two regular seasons from Milwaukee's been all timers. All timers to the point that almost everyone with that kind of regular season won the title. Three in a row, pretty darn good. If they had won a title and went to the finals the other year, you would say, oh my gosh, Milwaukee, they're the clear favorites, even though they didn't have a great year this year. But they're not even close to that. The question is, what we saw from Giannis, is that something that was a short sample size in a seven-game series and no big deal? Or did we see something fundamental that makes it hard for Milwaukee to win in the, in the playoffs? I know in general, most people think it's fundamental and it's a problem, and I think there's some of that. I don't know if there's this much. We'll get into that. It's a, it's a real question. It's a real question. When we come back, though, let's stay with the Lakers. I told you in the headlines. They're set with the Suns. You know that. They're the favorite. You know that. But the betters, the professionals, have been pounding the Suns. What is going on? That's coming up next. But first, want to let you know we did it in March. Why not do it in May as well? The playoffs are here, and that means bracket time. That's right. Everything is better as a bracket challenge. Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's Basketball Playoffs Bracket Challenge presented by Wolf and Shepard. Fill out a playoff bracket at FoxSportsRadio.com and compete against Fox Sports Radio host and fellow listeners. The listener in first place wins a $1,000 gift card. Fill out your bracket now until noon Eastern time on Saturday and get official rules at FoxSportsRadio.com. The bracket challenge is all presented by Wolf and Shepard. Athletic-inspired dress shoes at WolfandShepard.com. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I disagree with if you speak out I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look back at the great game last night between the Lakers and the Warriors. Yeah, a lot of aftermath elements, including that Suns series price. I actually have a Coke Zero. Uh Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh, high energy from here on, Jonas. It's a great day to join. This is the Fastest Growing Show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard to deliver for you. Show our thanks back to you. You can listen to us on 225 stations across this great country. If you don't know the station, just go to foxsportsradio.com, look it up, and even there you can stream all of the FSR offerings here in Vegas on the Strip. 86 degrees, the neon is pumping. And we will get back into that game from last night between the Lakers and Warriors, RJ. But first, I want to let you know there's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Law enforcement are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. LeBron James and the Lakers are on to the NBA playoffs. They are the seventh seed taking on the Phoenix Suns after a 103-100 win over the Golden State Warriors. Click it or t- I don't like the sound of that. I can't lie. That's going to make me. I might be boring. You know, I'm a seatbelt guy generally, but that's pretty interesting. All right. We know the Lakers didn't cover. If you bet Golden State, and none of you know, remember, it went up to seven, down back to four. No, no. Golden State covered all the numbers. Um, let's talk about LeBron's shot. Now, we talked about Colin had some takes here. One I really disagree with, but the one I kind of agree with is, hey, LeBron did his normal shooting motion. It wasn't a heave, as in it's a different, you know, a different kind of shot to make it get there, which is harder, obviously. I would say this: if he's crying about he's seeing triple, why is he exactly calling for the ball then? Like if you if you get hit in the eye, when did he get hit in the eye? Was it during the shot? Or I, I'm confused. Or was he seeing triple for like a long time? Does anyone have any idea? No, he got clawed in the eye by Draymond Green, and then he was saying that he still couldn't see by that point. Okay, so so but he was calling for the ball. He says, "Throw me that ball. I can't yeah. see, but I should take this shot." Right. Okay. Okay. I think he might be f- a little fabrication. I'm speculating here. <laughs> Speaking of fabrication, you know, Mackenzie, we didn't get you. Uh, your answer to that. So, in the first segment, there were three takeaways or possible answers to what we think of the Lakers after this game. One is, hey, they won even when they played bad. Forget about it. They're going to win it all. Number two is, hey, they played poorly. That means there's more poor play to come. Be pessimistic. Or three, or C, however you want to do it, is, hey, they played poorly. They got some problems, but they're going to trend up as the teams get healthier and more cohesive. A, B, or C? B, I think the Lakers have real problems. Not only AD, but LeBron, it's his fifth game since mid-March, and he's only scored about 21 points per game, five below his his season average in in these games. I don't think he's right, and I don't think if he's right, if he's not right, if AD's not the best player in the world quality, which he's capable of, I don't think they contend this year. I don't. Mm. Well, contend. So if you had to get – if I said to you right now – Yes or no, will the Lakers make the conference finals, even money? Even money, yes or no? And I'll ask Jonas the same question. What do you say? I would say no. Jonas, even money to make the conference finals? Lakers. Wow. Conference finals. See, I make Uh, good lines. I'm not a bookmaker, but I'll make those lines that are tough. If if I can get LeBron, even even in a a less than 100% state, if I can get LeBron and Anthony Davis just to get to the conference finals at even money, I'll I'll take yes. I'll take even Uh, money on that. Okay. Now, first off, this is why bookies, I've, I've often said, I know some dumb bookies that drive Cadillacs. 
Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. And some smart bettors that struggle to make their rent. Me as a bookie, I just made money, in theory. Jonas says yes. Mackenzie says no. I, I collect the vig and go home. <laughs> now, here's what's fascinating. When we do get, in a few minutes here, into what the Lakers-Phoenix line is, it actually says Jonas is on the wrong side. And maybe my number wasn't even good, but the public perception is a certain way because the Suns are getting bet like crazy. We'll get the exact number. You know, I was looking, you know, I was doing a little deep dive and was looking at the shot chart. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was actually. You know, it's interesting. Curry, who struggled against the Lakers this year, didn't take that many three-pointers. I, I think it's only seven as I look at it. And he shot inside a bunch. So Lakers obviously got a defense that, that Curry doesn't get off his threes as much as he likes. And this year, I think it was, what, 23 points per game? Yeah. Now, it did go over. We had 36 and a half under for a pizza <laughs> bet. He scores 37. And by the way, I did. it's not like I looked this up. <clears throat> I did. Is 26 points he had with eight and a half minutes left. So we had 10 points to give. And, st- you know, it took 11 to beat us with only eight minutes left? Eh, I'm not going to call it a bad beat, but thankfully it was just for the pizza. And those are different kind of bets, remember, guys. They're pretty much, you know, we're betting them for fun. Um, though I like to win every game I bet. LeBron didn't hardly shoot from outside at all. That that heave to, to, to take the lead, that was only his fourth three-pointer of the entire game. Do you think Jonas LeBron playing from the post, playing kind of like a point forward, um, uh, like an Anthony Mason type from back in the day, does that tell us he's just not physically feeling well enough to be super mobile? Is is that a sign, you think? I just think that they trust him with the basketball in his hands more so than anybody else. Um, Like Last year, they had Rondo. And you know Rondo's going to majority of the time make the right decision. He's got no real interest in scoring, but he's going to facilitate and get guys involved. And I think they look at it now and go, who's our best point guard option? And, And it feels like LeBron is the guy. Like If he's your best player and you feel he's your best player, get the ball in his hands and let him make the right play. And I think that's where they're at at this point. See, I agree with you, but I think there's one piece maybe missing. So, Mackenzie, let me, let me ask you. I think that what made LeBron last year, when he did play effectively the point guard, so effective was he could play the old point forward, you know, the idea of him being around the box, top, you know, right around the foul line, getting the ball turning in, can drive, can pass, but also can get out behind the three sneak out there and take a lot of shots, which he did, now it feels like he's like more like the 95 Magic Johnson. A lot of people don't remember this. And for whatever reason, I watched a lot of those games. Magic came back after a couple years' absence and played, I think, about 25 games. And he was like this new generation point forward where he was just like 280 pounds, all bulked up. He was getting like 12 rebounds a game, but could still pass. It was, a, it was pretty effective, I thought. As a fourth guy on a championship team, he would have been great. For whatever reason, he didn't go on after that. But, but Magic, who never was a great shooter, couldn't pop out and hit the three. Feels like LeBron's gotten like five years older. Like This is the game it feels like LeBron could play in three years when he still has a lot of his skills but not his quickness. Do you, do you agree with me or do you agree with Jonas? This is like more of the same. 
I agree with you. You're talking about 95 power forward Magic Johnson. I feel like LeBron's approaching that. Maybe but but the- he's not approaching that without the hobbled yes. ankle, right? Because, I mean, earlier this year, he was in, in the MVP, not only conversation, he was the favorite. So he wasn't like a limited player earlier this year. Exactly. It's like these two months. Well, don't say exactly, because you just said the opposite. <laughs> you say he's become this, which means that he's never going to be what he was before, which, again, we know what he said but it feels like this is about the injury to me. I mean, or- I agree with that. I feel like the excel- the injury has accelerated his career aging. Well, the question is, will he ever be able to go back? And I guess we won't know till next year. Where do you fall in all this, Joe? I mean, as we've kind of fleshed it out. I mean, look, he he's I think he's at the point to where he realizes, all right, it's Anthony Davis and I, and then you hope you get some some contributions from some other guys, but it's really going to be two-man basketball. It felt like he had more trust in what was around him last year than he did this year. And so I think he's going to be more more ball dominant this year. Although on the on the ankle front, I wonder what's easier on your ankle, settling for jump shots or driving to the basket? And, and I think that, as the playoffs go on for as long as they're in the postseason, if he starts to settle for shots more, that would be an indicator that maybe his ankle is, is, is becoming more and more of an issue because it feels like if you could stand back and you could hit jump shots, you don't have to worry about exploding and potentially landing mm. wrong on that ankle again. Last question about the game yesterday, because even when I watch a game, which I don't watch as many games as some of the guys do, I'm looking at the computer, I'm reading, I'm not watching every millisecond. When we look at LeBron's shot chart, it looks like, you know, just mathematically, he shot more inside. Did it feel like he was getting to the hoop? Or did it feel like he was settling for jump shots, but even not three-pointers? They just have such a massive size advantage over Golden State. I, I mean, there was like, Dray, I don't know how Draymond Green was playing Anthony Davis as well as he was the first half. I mean, just, uh, he's, yeah, he's probably all defensive team again this year. Got to yeah, give him credit on defense. He, he was awesome. Draymond Green was, especially in the first half, was awesome. They, there was just such a size advantage that they had over Golden State that I think LeBron just, you know, saw that and said, all right, I can play bully ball for as long as I can hold up and get to the basket and, and, and not have to worry about about hitting a jump shot and and I it I guess it depends on the matchup moving forward because I don't know that anybody can match them with size maybe the Clippers yeah I don't know if anybody else can match their size that's Jonas Knox I'm RJ Bell we're straight out of Vegas here's the question though and Broussard who's on with Rob Parker the show that follows us for three hours on most stations is he said the Lakers play the smallest style of ball for being so big. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just were playing. Again, some of that is AD's natural way, I think. But some of it is, I think, LeBron with that limited ankle isn't able to be as big relative to his position, play as big as he typically would. But that's going to be the question because if there's one thing, if you want to hang your hat, because the Lakers still are the second favor to win it all. And they're the favorite out of the West. The seventh seed, the favorite out of the West. It's driven by their size. And that they could have and likely would have a matchup advantage with their size. Um, But let's transition to this Phoenix-Lakers series. Because all I heard for a long time was, boy, it'd be bad for the Suns. Uh, They finally win the Pacific. Cash RJ's bet. Well, they weren't saying that necessarily, but and the the reward they gets the Lakers ah yeah I hear you I hear you 
The first question is, if you had to play the Lakers at some point, wouldn't that point be now? Meaning, in our ABC options, one of the options reasonably is this team gets healthier. I don't think they will because of the ankle. But if they did, wouldn't you rather play them now when they're more banged up if you're the Suns and less cohesion just because they haven't played together? If you look at the New Orleans game, last game of the season, they knew Denver was going to win that game or lose that game against Portland, and they still kept their starters in late. And that's when LeBron hurt his ankle or whatever he did, tinged it. Because they said after the game they wanted time for those players to play together. So if you're playing a pointless game just to get time on the court, once that game didn't mean anything, boy, oh boy, does that tell you how much they do need cohesion, which makes the case again, I'd rather get them early. Jonas, where do you fall on that? I totally agree. I think this is going to be the most, the, the freshest the Phoenix Suns have been all season long, um, as opposed to when the season started, just based on the time off uh, now as, as the playoffs get going. And then also, it's not just, you know, and Mackenzie pointed this out, how few games LeBron has played together. There's also maybe a cardio impact here. That I mean, he's in mm. shape, but is he in real game mm. shape as of this point? And I think that's going to factor in here. So if I want to get him, I want to get him now, especially after seeing last night and knowing that there is still some limitations. Yeah, see, that's fascinating because you said earlier, hey, it's not about playing yourself into shape, but maybe it's both. Maybe it's both you got a bad ankle. Because of that ankle, you're not in game tip-top shape, and you're not cohesive because you haven't played much. It feels like with these players, it feels like a perfect storm of vulnerability for the Lakers, and that's what the batting public sees, at least the pros. Because right now, the Lakers are only minus 130 at one of the sharpest books in the world, bookmaker.eu. They're a sharp, they take big bets, big bets. That's one of the places the pros bat. Lakers are only minus 130 to beat the Suns in the series. That means it's a coin flip and a little edge to the Lakers. So, Jonas, you think about that number, even money to make the conference finals. They're even money to get out of the first round just a little bit better. What did this open up at, McKenzie? Some spots put up minus 300, mostly minus 180, though. Wow. All right. So minus 300 at some spots and minus yeah. 180 at most. <laughs> I mean, like for like 10 minutes, minus 300 was out there. But not and was that the opener opener? That was the first number I saw. All right. So, okay. But let's, sometimes you'll get an outlier like that, but let's say minus 200. So minus 200 saying, oh, about two out of three times Lakers are going to advance. And in less than 24 hours, Suns, Suns, Suns bets. And at the sharpest book, it's minus 130 Lakers. Jonas, that's a shocker. Uh, yeah, and I also I wonder, is this going to move even more? Is there going to be more doubt about their health as we get closer to the to the series? Um, I, I Yeah, this – well, when's the last time a seven seed's been favored over a two? Like, that's, oh, that's probably never. I yeah. mean, I can't even fathom that. Because it's so – I mean, remember when LeBron was with the Cavs – and they went and they were like the fourth seed that yeah. year. That, that yeah. was unusual. That yeah. was unusual. I mean, usually historically, and we'll have these numbers tomorrow, it's like one or two seeds are the only ones that win it almost. I mean, histor- since 1980, you know something? I, I actually think there's one number, there's actually one number that will tell us, is this pro-sons? This betting, or is this anti-Lakers 
We'll check that number. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Thanks, Deb. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Click it or tickets in my head now, Jonas. I'm not getting it out. I'm not getting it out. All right. So here's the question. If the Lakers are pretty much even money, just small favorites over the Suns, yeah, let's account for the fact the Suns are, have the home court. So that means something. But that's saying the Lakers and the Suns are comparable teams. Now, some people might say, oh, my gosh, the seventh seed, the second seed. Well, yeah, but no one thinks the Lakers aren't better than the Suns, it seems like. So this being this tight is confusing. But if we look at the title odds, we know the Lakers are the second favorite, about four and a half to one. They're getting paid off. What's the Suns, McKenzie? Phoenix Suns are the seventh favorite. They're 18 to one. Wow. So you have a team that's 18 to one to win it. Another team is four to one, four and a half to one. But somehow they're almost even money in the first round against each other. Jonas, what we know for sure is this is anti-Laker action. It's not pro-Suns action. Yeah, and, uh, and and I just uh, again I'm on the wrong side of it. It's just a <laughs> less lesson learned. Three years in, and I still am on the wrong side. People of these love bets. consistency. That's they love. It is. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? The smartest people. No one's great at everything. And and let's be honest. For someone that does it for fun, you know a lot of gambling. I mean, I'm saying that sincerely. <laughs> But you know not to bet against me. That yes. is a sign of smart. Yeah. I think you've actually beat me the one bet we had for ten bucks or something, right? Yeah, and that I that I retired. Yeah, oh my Listen, gosh. I, that, I, knew, I knew what happened. That was smart. <laughs> when we come back, you know, you might have seen talk with Atlanta Hawks about oh, they the league wants the Knicks to win. Well, he got fined the coach. I don't think it's foolish. A lot of bettors in Vegas think the NBA cares who wins these series because of the financial ramifications. There's a game coming up in the play-ins that I think if you believe that, you can bet it and think the NBA and you will be on the same side. That's coming up next, but first, Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Ah. 
I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, uh, Deb Carson mentioned this in one of her updates earlier about Nate McMillan of the Atlanta Hawks, who was fined $25,000 because he said, quote, the NBA wants and needs the Knicks in the playoffs, end quote. Now, there's a Shakespearean quote, a Shakespeare quote, doth protest too much. Which means, again, I'm not an expert at Shakespeare, but it means if something bothers you because you think it might be true, you probably are going to say, no, no, I don't drink too many beers or whatever it is that you're protesting. NBA's protesting here. Now, we know the whole Tim Donahue thing from way back has him sensitive about game fixing and all that. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying the NBA fixes games. If I thought they did, I'd say it. I don't. I think they have a vested interest in who wins some of these games. And within a series, they have a vested interest in series not ending soon, right? Imagine like MJ against Seattle back in whatever it was, 96 or 97, and it was like they were up 3-0. Is it a coincidence that Seattle wins two games before the Bulls finish it? I don't know. You could say maybe MJ wasn't as focused. Yeah, but after they lose the first one, I don't know. What does the NBA do if I'm right, that there is a type of effect they have? It's all about sending certain officials to certain games. Is it a coincidence that they don't set the officials for all seven games before a series starts? You would think that would kind of make sense. Instead, it's like, huh, what do we need here? It's 2-0. Huh, we need the home team to do well. What kind of official do you send then? A team or an official that's affected by the crowd. Batters track it. Some officials are affected by crowds, some aren't. Now, this is historically, not right this second. What else do you have? Maybe a situation where an official calls a lot of fouls down low, or maybe he doesn't. I believe Golden State and the Memphis Grizzlies, the league wants Golden State as the eighth seed. Could you imagine wanting Memphis instead? No. So what does it mean? It means if, if, if the NBA says, "Eh, you know, maybe let's send an official that uh, officials that don't call a lot of fouls down low. Well, how does that help things? Well, wouldn't you agree, Jonas? Memphis is a big physical team inside, kind of like the Lakers. If you made a list of those teams, there's only a handful in the NBA. Memphis is on that list. Well, if a ref isn't calling Draymond for a shove in the back or maybe a double team is smacking at the ball, three calls a game go one way instead of the other. It affects the chance of one team winning significantly. I don't know for sure that's going to happen, but historically, and you can be sure of this, in Vegas, there were certain odds on certain games when a team would be up 2-0, let's say, that if the NBA didn't have any effect on it, the odds wouldn't have made sense. That betters accounted for that as a factor. That I can guarantee you. What do you think of all this? Oh, well, I like that uh, Nate McMillan's being proactive. Basically saying, before we even get going here, I just want everybody to be on the lookout for some stuff that I like. I think on. you're right. And, and, I, and I think it's really smart. It's the same thing Phil Jackson always did when he was critical of uh, you know an official or Greg Popovich or whoever. You knew the next game out they were going to get the calls because they exposed what they thought were some you know deficiencies with the performance of these officials. They, they thought you know, the 
calls weren't fair. And Nate McMillan just painting a broad brush and saying, listen, there's stuff going on here. I've told my team that. He knew he was probably going to get fined, and he just threw it all out there ahead of time. I think, I think it was a great, great strategy. No, I, I think if anything, it's putting the league on notice. Yeah. Whatever you do, make if you do anything, make sure it's not obvious. Because if it is, <laughs> we're going to be talking about it. In the athletics, someone said unforced error with McMillan. I don't think so. I think it was shrewd, like you said. Now, I don't do this often, but I'm going to tease to tomorrow big here. Because during the break, when I was explaining my theory, I'm thinking, okay, do I want to make Golden State a big bet? McKenzie came up with a prop bet. That gets right to the heart of our handicap in this. It will be his first best bet ever on radio because I'm saying I love it. I'm betting this myself. It involves our theory, but it's not the obvious way you might think tomorrow. We are back tomorrow for that huge best bet in the NBA. 6 p.m. Eastern time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Vegas! 